So there's a website called Chartable. It tracks 700,000 podcasts in the Apple podcast directory. Now that might seem like a huge number of podcasts. So you're like, what else could we possibly cover? If you compare that to YouTube, which is potentially a channel that you're more familiar with or may have watched more content on, there are 35 million different YouTube channels. So for people that are trying to get their messages out, that are trying to tell their story, that's a huge opportunity. And now is the golden age. It's really that time. Their popularity is increasing, but the number of different competing podcasts out there is still manageable. Welcome to episode 130 of Being The Drop, a weekly interview podcast sharing stories from people who inspire and motivate others to help you tell your story. We're joining Amelia Beale live at LA Fringe and we're here to pop our podcast sharing. actually. My name is Carl Winder-Telfer, Senior Ghana Custodian. I greet you all to the spirit of our land. I welcome you all to the 2019 Adelaide Fringe. I think it's really important to respect our elders and um, it's lovely that Adelaide Fringe has provided that for us to play at the beginning of Adelaide Fringe shows. So tonight is about getting you to come on a bit of a voyeuristic journey with me. So what's going to happen tonight is I'm going to show you a little bit about what happens when we record a podcast episode. And we, being myself, Amelia Veal, I am the host of Be The Drop podcast. Um, I have been doing that for nearly three years now. So what we're going to do is run through and we're going to record a podcast episode tonight and talk a little bit about what's involved, um, what the journey's been for us over those 130 episodes. Um, But one of the things that I wanted to set the scene with tonight was about, obviously we're going to talk a lot about podcasting, uh, but I'm wearing a t-shirt that says, I love storytelling. And storytelling is something that I really passionately believe in. Uh, I 100% believe storytelling has the ability to change the world. That we are educated and we learn and we grow through storytelling. Marketing, you know, my, my industry is all about trying to help people understand, help try to share messages. But I believe, potentially in an idealistic way, that it's so much more than that. I don't subscribe to marketing because I necessarily directly want to sell things, but because I want to help share information that's going to make people's lives better. And yes, that will be selling things. I don't shy away from selling. It's not an evil thing but I do it in a way through storytelling that I think makes people engage and interact in a way that they can feel comfortable with. So Be The Drop um, is a podcast around sharing storytelling and helping people share their stories because I passionately believe that's how we'll learn and that's how we all grow and become better people. So tonight's episode, I wanted to just demonstrate that, give you an action, give you that because it's show, don't tell is very much my philosophy rather than just trying to give you a workshop and explain it. I wanted to bring people up and for them to share their stories because it's also about just giving people a voice that might not necessarily have that opportunity. They might not have their own podcast platform and fringe 
what is the best time for us to get an eclectic and varied collection of stories. So let's learn something new. Um, and our first guest is Mark. Welcome to the stage, Mark. Thank you, Mark. So Mark, I know through Chris, um, you guys have been friends for a long time. Now you have a story, and I swear Chris has told me this before, but every time I forget. So Mark is an identical twin, and that, I don't know, it just spaces me out, because it's like there's a whole nother Mark wandering around somewhere. You're getting curious. Is anyone, you're an identical twin, or any twins? Are you <gasps> fraternal, or? It's just like another sibling, isn't it? <laughs> 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 you just chuck the gauntlet. It's a nature and nurture, but people often think what? quite curious about the novelty of it and um, what's really interesting is that at the younger we get the more we have shared memories. The most uh, terrifying shared story is mum was giving us a bath together and then uh, she uh, momentarily uh, left the room. Comes back in after answering the phone, one twin is crying in shame and the other twin is screaming in terror and between the two of them, rolling at glacial speed is a poo rolling from, from shallow end to deep end. And when I've asked around, and I'd be curious to know what the audience thinks, I've always just assumed that most people would want to be the pooer in that situation. <laughs> but I think there's this kind of Nietzsche, herd morality, genie of morals thing, oh, and you've been crapping on me ever since. You know, you can kind of hold it over them. And I think every sibling can identify with that kind of, you got me that one time and I'm going to make you pay for it for the rest of time. I feel so. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, Mark, for sharing your stories. My next guest is Jade, who I mentioned briefly before. Let's give her a round of applause. This is pretty exciting because Jade works in and around podcasts. Her partner is Tim, who will come, come up later, and he's got multiple podcasts. Yep. And you're involved with uni radio. Yep. But she has not yet ever been on a podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you so much for joining us, Jade. Thanks for having me. And you have a little bit of a story prepared for us, yes? Yes, I do. So my story is about how I met my lovely partner, Tim. Basically, I'm in my second year of university, studying philosophy, not thinking anything of it. And I go into a class and I see this really cute boy and he's Aww. always on the opposite side of the table. And I never had the guts to say anything apart from, do you have a pen? Go through my 10 weeks of tutorials, leave, and I'm like, I'm never gonna see this guy again. So a year later, I'm doing a different philosophy class and I have to do an essay. And there's a list of different essay questions so I pick one out, put it into Google to try and see if someone else has done it so I have less work. Um, <laughs> so I type it in and uh, lo and behold, this essay pops up. Exact topic, exact question. So I click on it. It's on Academia, so a website where you upload your um, past work. So it turns out that Tim had been uploading work since high school and he just happened to have done the course that I was in prior to me and did the exact same essay that I was going to do. I wonder who this person is. So I put the name into Facebook and I'm like, hang on a second. I know this guy. So it's the cute guy. It's the cute guy. <laughs> I'm talking to my friend. I'm like, do I add him on Facebook? She's like, yes, of course, go for it. So I did and went to work, didn't check my phone because, you know, nervy. Uh, and I come back and he's messaged me. So we talked about philosophy for a while and um, Tim being as smooth as he is <laughs> says, this is really difficult to talk to, uh, about on computer. Maybe we should catch up for coffee sometime. Mm. 
So we did. Go, Tim. <laughs> and we've been dating ever since. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Why did I get into podcasts? What are the power of podcasts? So there's a, a website called Chartable. I'm sort of afraid to mention it because Chris is obsessed with it. Uh, and basically Chartable tracks podcasts in Apple in the Apple podcast directory. So in the podcast world, at the moment, iTunes and Apple still is the biggest platform for podcasts. However, saying that, Google got involved last year and they released a Google podcast app. And the other big player in the podcast world is Spotify. So there's big players with millions of listeners on them that are now in that podcasting world. Um, And Chartable tracks that data and it tracks 700,000 podcasts in the Apple podcast directory. Now, that might seem like a huge number of podcasts. So you're like, wow, well, there's already 700,000. What else could we possibly cover. If you compare that to YouTube, which is potentially a channel that you're more familiar with or may have watched more content on, there are 35 million different YouTube channels. So for people that are trying to get their messages out, that are trying to tell their story, that's a huge you know, opportunity and space. And now is the golden age. It's really that time. Their popularity is increasing, but the number of different com- competing podcasts out there is still manageable. So what about some of the tech behind creating a podcast episode? How does that work? Well, like I said, I record the talkie talk and then I hand it over to Chris. So Chris is now going to join me. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Christopher. Hello. I'm more prepared this week. Oh. I don't have a cold. I gave it to my wife instead. Um, <laughs> that's awkward. Okay, so tell us about, you know, people, there might be some people here thinking, I'd like to do that. Uh-huh. I mean, look, Amelia does it. Yes. Yeah, and she doesn't even know what type of car she drives half no. the time. <laughs> so where did we start? Say with Be yeah. The Drop, um, those three years ago, what did we have? Okay, so previous to Amelia asking me to do Be The Drop podcast, um, I studied in video and I work in video and then I thought I could transition pretty easily and it seemed to work pretty well, apart from some technical hiccups along the way. But I had already bought something that records audio through um, cables, like XLR cables and plug them into a recorder. And that was called a Zoom H6. And Zoom's a really good Japanese company that Can does I great pick audio. That one up or? Yeah, sure. So this is a Zoom, but this is the H5. That's called a H5. So that's like uh, that's less than four hundred dollars, but it does a lot. Um, and if you're looking to get into a podcast, there's a lot of less. There's a lot less fiddling you need to do compared to if you buy a mixer and then you plug it into a computer to record your audios, uh, your podcast with. Yeah, and other people's audio that we've edited, we found if they do it through the computer, it doesn't sound as clean, does it? Yeah, they send it to me and then I fix it up and then I send them a bill and then they go, thank you, I better work that out by next time. <laughs> they never do, though. <laughs> and we, we never used to have a kit like this on a stand uh, with proper mics. We used to use lapel mics, but we still do sometimes. Um, we used one by an com- Australian company called Rode, and we still use some of their products. Um, but basically, it's a little thing that's meant to go into a smartphone. But so that's only $70, $70, that yeah, one. Yeah, correct. 
and it's meant for smartphones, but we used to use it into my full recorder for podcasting when we first started. <laughs> I would record intros sometimes through my phone. You have a little app on your phone, and I'd be in my wardrobe. Amelia records in her wardrobe. in my wardrobe. Because um, there's less echo in there, and that's a good place to be if you're doing a podcast on your own. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, if you don't want guests, that's a good, good way to get rid of them as well. <laughs> So only recently we've started working with microphones that look like something more traditionally found in a radio station, and it does offer better results. But when we first started, we couldn't justify going and buying the microphones. So the lapels work really well because I'd use them for video anyway because they hide really well on people's shirts. But nowadays we use um, Audio-Technica microphones that are around about 100. So in between, we've spent more or less money on equipment. But this is probably... The, the least expensive yeah. setup we've ever had, but the best. Okay, is that it? You done it? Uh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so. good. Thank you, Chris. Thanks. Okay, continuing on our tech theme, I would like to ask Tim Whiffen to join me. I met Tim through Ozcast, and as I said, he's helped out with Be the Drop on occasion, and through Ozcast is now involved with um, helping support and hosting a couple. Three. Three now. Okay. Of podcasts? Two, soon to be three, yeah. Okay. Two, Mm. soon to be three. So he's in there. He's in the podcasting uh, bug. He's Mm. in that world. So tell me, is there anything, if you're looking at that now, so you've been through a bit of a journey, is there anything that you wish you'd known at the beginning that you know now? So I work, I guess, with people who have a, a reasonably definite idea of what they want to talk about. And that's great to start with. I think you, you really need that. You need some direction to begin with. But uh, it turns out that sometimes the target audience that you've decided you want aren't necessarily there. And you, you need to be a little bit fluid with um, your direction, where you want to go with your work, because... Uh, it might lead into something great that's slightly different from where you set off. Your target audience might literally only be 400 people in the world, um, but those might be really supportive 400 people. So Mm. I I guess you just have to kind of work out if you you really want to talk to 400 or 400,000. You know, it's it's slightly difficult to break through the noise, even though there's only 700,000 podcasts. You just kind of have to stick with it and uh, be confident in what you're talking about. And, yeah. yeah, willing to change. Yeah, and for me, it is definitely it's an ongoing learning journey. Definitely. So, which is mm. exciting. All right, thank you so much, Tim, for joining us and sharing <laughs> your insights. Ah, okay, so introduce yourself. We met on Friday at a workshop that I was presenting, so I'm very sorry, but I've forgotten your name. Julia. Julia, fantastic. Julia, do you have a story for us? I was thinking perhaps of, about a... I, I'm German, so I don't know if my English is good enough, but I hope so. Um, about an inspirational travel story. Um, what I found out was, like, the Olympic Games, they use always volunteers to help, no? So you just apply for what you like. It could be, like, medical service or it could be media or it could be ceremonies. And I always applied for the ceremonies to sneak in. But I went there and I had the accreditation to get into the ceremony but I was not a, an artist at the ceremony, so I didn't, yeah, so it was not allowed there. 
but for the closing. So, and I said, how do I get in? I want to get in. So I tried it at several entrances with this card and they kicked me out twice because I need the Leela sticker for this evening. There was a purple sticker just for that evening. I said, okay, let's try. And then it was 10 to eight. I said, okay, I can't get in after three, three um, hours of waiting. And then there was a person who said, hey, what, what's wrong? What are you looking for? And then I said, yeah, I told her my story that they didn't let me in and all of that. And then she checked it and it was a tick and it was green and she said uh, oh but wait you don't have the sticker and I said that's the problem and she said here and I said what <laughs> and it was like oh. and it was eight to five so the whole world was pointing Rio games are opening and so I just sneaked in and then I went into the into the yeah into the stadium and the show went on and I was just three two five one boom and it started and I was in so that was ah. I, I love that story, and it's one. It reminds me of one of my favourite sayings, which is "persistence beats resistance." You know, just keep on trying, and there you are. Well done! And now you've been in a podcast. Amazing! I'm so happy about that. <laughs> Okay, I have a couple more um, guests. Fiona is with us in the audience. Fiona Dorman, thank you. So I know Fiona through Behind Closed Doors, which is um, it's Behind the Closed Doors female networking organisation. Yeah. Between Steve and Fiona, they own eight businesses. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Who's keeps, counting? Keeps you busy. Yeah, we've got Mismatch Brewing, oh. Adelaide Hills Distillery, Hills Cider. Um, they're our uh, alcoholic beverage company. So, yeah, it keeps us pretty busy. And, yeah, we've just opened Lot 100 about 10 weeks ago, so just before Christmas, and yeah, it's great. It's up in the hills, come along, up in Nan, it's a beautiful spot, and uh, yeah, it's been, it's been really nice up there at this time, so yeah. Oh, it's amazing. We had our wedding anniversary, 12 years. Oh, congratulations. Um, so, Fiona, have you got a bit of a story that you can share with us? <laughs> I'm like just totally putting you on the spot. I was like, Fiona, if you want to, come on. I've been, I've been sitting in the audience going like, oh, that's a good story. Oh, that's a good story. What's my story? I'm like, hearing your story is the bit that inspires me. And so, you know, in my life, I started off life as a uh, cell biologist. If you're a scientist, you're really happy not knowing what the answer will be. You know that there is an answer, but you don't know what it will be. So you're happy to knock on lots of doors. You're happy to try new things, you know, put the information together. And um, having met Steve, he, he says that he's a scientist, which um, he is technically, he's a winemaker, but he's the fun science and I'm the kind of, you know, lab scientist. Um, but, you know, t- together, we, you know, we spend a lot of time just searching through new ideas and that's, you know, he was a winemaker, we had a wine distribution company and that led us to one thing or another. Um, you know, he spent lots of time doing vintages overseas in France and Italy, making lots of cider and we were like, oh, can we make cider? We're like, yeah, sure, we can. You know, starting off with a 1,000 litres um, on the back of our ute and now we make something like 2.5 million litres a year so it's um it's gone from sort of strength to strength and it's you know it's just it's really nice to see everybody's journey so it's been really lovely to hear everybody's stories tonight you know starting with one podcast moving to two and or you know having the idea and Julia was telling me tonight that you know she's been writing a travel blog and I think you know soon enough you know from tonight you know this will become your your moment to um be inspired to do your thing so I mean I'm really lucky that I get to surround myself with lots of really cool people meet people like you and um yeah, and I guess, you know, be inspired and take, take, um, take lots of insight and experience from you too. Ah, thank so that's you. Not a story, ah, it was. Josh. Okay. Hello. Hi, Amelia. Thanks for having me on my first ever podcast. Woo! 
This is your moment. How are you feeling? You nervous? Yeah. Uh, how, yeah. how many people are going to hear this? Uh, millions. Excellent. Um, well, I'm glad we're recording this. I'd like to tell you all the story of the most uncomfortable moment of my life, oh, if good. that's okay. Yeah, yeah, settle in. All right. A um, little bit of backstory. When I was a child, my dad got a job with Emirates Airlines, which meant that we had to move out to Dubai. So I went through the majority of high school in Dubai. A Dubai high school has a lot of money, so Dubai high schools have sick field trips. <laughs> so in year nine, instead of going from, for example, Port Augusta to Adelaide, uh, I went to Kenya. No now, way. we were helping out in the Gilgil Township School for the Mentally Handicapped which means that I can be a bad person for the rest of my life and it doesn't matter because I helped orphans in Kenya. <laughs> um, uh, I found out very early that when it came to picking your job from the roster at the beginning of the day, if you chose to be the journal writer, you didn't have to do any physical work at all. So uh, while everyone else was preparing their food or um, washing up the dishes from lunch, I was just kind of hanging out in the, the like, dorm area, just doing nothing because I had no job. And I saw this one kid in a wheelchair. And I thought, oh, you know, we can do something fun, buddy, let's go. So I took the wheelchair and I started pushing him and he's having some fun, he starts laughing. I'm like, do you want to go faster? Yeah. So we start going a little faster, he's laughing harder, we're having a great time. It's a kind of a horseshoe-shaped area, so I'm, I'm pegging it back and forth by the end with this kid in a wheelchair is having the time of his life. Are you sure you've still got good points? <laughs> so, oh, how far did I fall? <laughs> so after about three or four laps of this little horseshoe, I'm like, I'm sorry, buddy. Like, I'm puffed. Uh, just, just give me one second and, and then we can do it again. He looks back and he nods and he gets up and he walks away. <laughs> And I'm like, what? A miracle, you know? Move over, Jesus. There's a new kid in town. Uh, and then it slowly starts to dawn on me that if it's not his wheelchair, whose wheelchair is it? And as if on cue, the girl's bathroom door opens and this little girl oh, no. comes crawling out along the floor. He's gone while well, she's on the toilet, nicked the wheelchair and looked for some unsuspecting white kid to push him around. And so I'm, I'm panicking, you know, what am I going to do? This looks awful. I'm so sorry. Like, how long have you been on the ground? So from behind the wheelchair, I, like, reach over to try and, like, help her up, like, as quick as I can, flipping the wheelchair down as the rest of my cohort comes out of the kitchen <laughs> to see a girl on the ground, me pushing a wheelchair over and looking up horrified. <laughs> and so if UNICEF, you're listening, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we clap or not. I don't think you left with many brownie points. But you, it was, the intent was good? That's it. Uh, That's all that matters, right? All right. Well, thank you, Josh, so much for sharing your thank story. Thank you. <gasps> this is Sarah. I just met her before. <laughs> and she had that look in her eye and I said to her, do you want to come on stage? She's like, mm. I was like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I'll see. Um, so there's an accent there. Yeah, I'm Canadian. Um, ah, woo! Not American. Please do not call me American. <laughs> um, so what's brought you to Adelaide? Uh, my mother's a teacher, and she's on, like, a teacher exchange, so we basically switched houses with someone from here, and now they're living in our house. 
Um, so I don't like thinking about that too long, much though, because it's weird. Um, uh-huh. We've been here since July, and we're leaving in July. Yeah. So more than halfway through. Cool. So podcasting in Canada, is it big? I would say so. So do you have a particular story you wanted to share with us? I guess I could. It's not a great one. It's, uh, I was in New Zealand a little while back, and I ended up falling face first down a hill. Um, there's a story behind it. Um, <laughs> she's, she's starting with the punchline. Okay. Yeah. So we're staying in this like backpacker's place, basically. So they have like this main lodge that has like the kitchen and like pool tables and stuff. And then the cabins are like down this steep hill. And I went to open like a big, large bottle of water. What I didn't realize is it was sparkling water and it had been kind of thrown around a bit. So as I open it, water goes everywhere. It's on the floor. It's all through my shirt. And so I'm thinking, I should probably go and like change my shirt. Maybe I'll grab a book and come back and read. So I leave and you can either go down this long walkway and like kind of goes like around and slowly down the hill. But I'm like, I don't have time for that. I'm soaking wet. It'll just be quicker to walk down the hill. So I start walking down the hill, and I'm shuffling, and all of a sudden, as I'm running, my feet just stop, (laughs) but my body does not. (laughs) I end up going halfway down the hill just on my face. (laughs) And then I'm just laying there, and I have like grass stains on my pants, my shirt is soaking wet, and I'm just laying on the ground. And I'm like, God, I hope no one saw that, because I can see the window of the little hut. So yeah. And did anyone see you? No, thank God. Ah, and then you've just told all of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you, Sarah, for sharing your story. Thank you. Did oh. I tell you that we had our comic timing special s- delivery? So damn bad. <laughs> oh, oh my God, yes. So on this piece of paper, everyone's like, dun, 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 dun. I wish we had drum roll sound effects. It says Adelaide Fringe Podcast. Because I talked about credentials at the beginning, we've been producing our podcast for a while and then started helping out other people doing their podcast and then just recently secured creating the Adelaide Fringe podcast. That's like super. Um, So yeah, three years of hard work and we've got our first really big podcast client, which is very, very exciting. And more importantly for you, you guys should go and download the Adelaide Fringe podcast because if you're looking to get tips on what to see during Fringe, because there's still plenty more action to go, um, we interview each week the Adelaide Fringe announces weekly award winners and we announce those winners and we interview some of them and like last week we had impromptu comedy beatbox going in some acapella cabaret so it's like got everything um so thank you chris for that reminder okay so i think a great way to finish up a show is with a bit of a musical um and don't worry for those of you who do know i'm not gonna sing so Wendy Torbett is going to join us. Uh, so Wendy is married to Chris. So we've had two couples tonight. I didn't even really think about it. Isn't that cute? <laughs> so you're going to sing us one of your songs. Tell us a little bit about the show as well. What would people expect coming along to listen to your show? Musical comedy. <laughs> <laughs> So the show has feminist undertones. The name Wendy and the Lost Boys, um, it comes from something that I thought when I was first watching Peter Pan as a young girl because Wendy rocks up and there's all these Lost Boys and I'm going, hang on, why does she have to do all the work? And she fights the pirates as well. So she does twice as much work and gets half the credit, basically. (laughs) Yeah, Peter Pan steals the show. All right, so 
take us away. Okay, so um, like I said, uh, like Amelia said, that's my husband Chris. We got married last year. <laughs> yeah, he said he'd love me no matter what, and then he buys me a Fitbit. <laughs> no, he's he's pretty great. I have. Um, I have tried to lose weight, but I just don't really care anymore. I did the two and five diet. Has anybody heard of that? Yeah, so basically you starve yourself for two days a week so you can eat pizza for breakfast five days a week. (laughs) I don't know why it didn't work. Anyway. (laughs) This song is dedicated to anyone who's ever been on a diet. (laughs) Well, I know that eating healthy It's quite good for you But I know beer and pizza are quite nice too I ask myself What's a girl to do? Look in the mirror How shall I choose that? I see that the answer is standing Right in front of me Forget it, I'm too pretty Too pretty to be skinny So hello there gluten I have missed you, my old friend Dear sugar I thought we'd never meet again Diet shakes can take a hike Calorie restriction, two and five One more egg and my head will fry I can't keep eating kale and pretending it's nice (laughs) I will never count a calorie again Forget it, I'm too pretty Too pretty to be skinny I'm really kind, giving all you other chicks a chance If I were thin, there's no way you'd get a second glance (laughs) So goodbye to kettlebells, forget yourself intervals I won't do one more sit-up, push-up, burpee or leg raise Spin cycles are so old news, chin-ups, I've always hated you See, I'm not bikini body ready And basically I don't care Forget it, I'm too pretty Too pretty to be thin Thank you so much, Wendy. If you want to see more of her show, she's at the Richmond Hotel, 128 Rundle Mall. I have a small amount of $10 tickets available if you buy online and use the code word WENDY, all in capitals. Ah, thank Thank you. So on to my thank yous. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming. I really appreciate you and your time in joining me in tonight's show. For Chris, uh, for Tim and Jade, who help out with Be The Drop, that's great. Naomi is here from The Jade. Um, So Naomi and Zach own The Jade, and so many people have already said to me tonight, this is an incredible venue, and it is. So thank you, because it is a wonderful venue. And that's it. Thank you so much for popping your podcast chair. Thank you.
Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. So obviously Mike's are one of my first love. Oh, my husband knows Mike. Oh, <laughs> I should do comedy.